0: All right. good morning. Um, I'm uh, Pastor Boat Newman. I'm a pastor, also one of the elders here. i uh, really glad to, to have everyone. Um, so as you kind of gathered from the announcements, uh, we're kind of in a pastor transition period. So um, for the next uh, few weeks, several weeks, uh, I'll be preaching, Sam will be preaching, maybe some other people will be preaching. Um, and so... Uh, eventually, I believe we're going to get into the book of Titus. I'm really, really excited about that. I think they'll be really helpful for this church and really, really good. Um, But I decided I'm going to be preaching this week, and next week uh, I'm going to be in the book of Luke. Uh, Luke is probably one of my favorite books of the Bible, so um, you can turn there. We're going to be in Luke 7. Um, I'm going to preach the Word this morning. I'm going to try to teach the Word of God, and and that's very important, very part of church. Uh, But I will say, um, man, the songs this morning... uh, Awesome. Just, just really pointed. I think to to the truths that we're gonna uh, pull out here in scripture. Uh, just really, really fit well uh, with this with this passage and the truths from this passage. So, um, I'm gonna read uh, both this weekend and next week a couple stories, um, true stories about Jesus from Luke. You're gonna find some similarities in, in those stories and and similarities in their um, purpose. Um, but today, we're reading Luke 7, uh, verses 36 through 50. So I'm going to read that whole, uh, it's kind of one, one story that Luke wrote. Um, so let, let me read that, Luke 7, starting in verse 36. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering, said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you, and he answered, Say it, teacher. A certain money lender and two debtors, one owed, a certain money lender had two debtors, sorry. One owed five hundred denarii, and the other fifty. When they could not pay, he cancelled the debt of both, You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but he who has forgiven little, loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Let's pray. Father, we, like the people in the story, are sinners in need of forgiveness. Lord, and that forgiveness is something of great, great value. And I pray that we can see that. I pray that as we study this passage, the truths of it, the truths of Jesus' interactions, these real interactions with these real people in this real time, Father, that they will shake us, that they will point us towards you, point us towards Christ, point us to a forgiveness, um, a forgiveness that... uh, brings peace, a forgiveness that brings joy, a forgiveness that brings worship, a forgiveness that brings love of Christ, love of others, Father. May we see that in this passage this morning. May we, may we know that, Lord, help us. Help me, Lord, I am in great need of your help in teaching this this morning. I, I pray for that, and we pray things in your name. Amen. Uh, yesterday, many of you know this because I saw many of you there. Um, there was an auction yesterday, uh, and I asked a lot of people, while at the auction, why they were there, right? Like, what, what, what are you looking for? What are you looking at? And, and a lot of people actually had, had answers, right? Uh, a lot of people had answers Those specific things at the auction they were looking for. I was there with my dad um, because we really like auctions. And uh, if you were to ask me why I was at the auction or my dad, why he was at the auction, it would be similar to what a lot of the people also said, and, and that's this. Well, I wouldn't want to miss a deal, Right? Because uh, that's, that's kind of our hope with these things, right? It's like, well, it's kind of fun because we don't know what all's is going to be there and maybe something will go cheap and we'll get a good deal and we love a good deal, right? You thrift people, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Can't miss that thrift store because you might miss the deal, right? Um, because we all love a good deal, right? And we don't want to miss out. We don't want to miss out on it. And um, I think in this, in this book of Luke, we see in the first chapter of Luke, in the very intro, Luke is, is, is talking to a person named Theophilus, and he's saying, I am writing these things so that you can see everything clearly so you don't miss anything, right? And so when we're looking at this story this week and the story next week, I think if I, if I had maybe this theme, it'd be, it'd, be, it'd be don't miss out. What we're gonna see, the truths we're gonna see here are gonna offer you something. And Luke, and above that, Christ, don't want you to miss out on it. And so we're going to jump in and we're going to look at this story, at this truth, at this, this, this testimony that Luke is telling here. So it starts with a Pharisee, uh, one of the ruling class in, of the Jews that day, and he invites Jesus to come to a meal with him. Now, we don't know his exact reasons for doing that, but if we kind of fit in with everything that's been going on in Luke up to this point, it seems like the Pharisees are trying to figure out who Jesus is. That's what they want to know. Uh, Jesus has done great miracles. He has uh, said really wise things he's also said things to them that sounds a little off or a little strange and so they 're trying to figure out who he is so they uh, so this one specifically invites him to dinner this day to his house he reclines at the table um, and then this and and then our uh, this is when our story really begins now it's possible and most likely this was some kind of festival um because it seems like as we're gonna see this woman just walks in uh it was common during festivals to kind of have um a guest and then anyone who wanted to come in off the street to come and kind of stand around like leaning up against the wall sit against the wall and listen to the conversation being had and that's what um is happening here. Um, in this, this situations like people are, are, are able to come in. So uh, it says here, notice of verse 37, it says, behold. And I think that's important. Uh, I think it wants us to see and look because this is going to be something different. Something different, something worth seeing, worth beholding is going to happen. Something out of the ordinary. And what happens is it says that this woman from off the street comes in. Um, She comes in, now this woman is described by uh, both the Pharisee, Jesus, and Luke, all three of them, as a sinner. That's how this person is described. Um, It says a woman of the city, that could mean a prostitute. We don't actually know exactly what that means. We don't know her exact, what all these exact sins are, but she is known as the sinful woman. That's how she is referred to throughout this passage. And so she comes in, and she goes to Jesus and she stands, it's interesting, she stands over his feet and she weeps. It says she, she wets his feet. And that word wet is a word, uh, and they use it twice in here uh, to talk about like a rain pour, not just like rain falling, but rain pouring. And so she was really crying. Um, she was really, really crying. And so she cries and she is washing Jesus's uh, feet with her hair. She doesn't have her hair. She's in her hair, and she has an ointment with her. Uh, it says it's in a flask that she is washing his feet. Okay, so this is a, a um, really a, a, a kind of strange thing, especially for that culture, and we'll see why from the response of the Pharisee. The Pharisee here is thinking to himself, notice he doesn't say this out loud. He says, it says he says it to himself. He sees this happening, and remember his purpose. I want you guys to remember his goal. The Pharisee's goal is he wants to figure out who Jesus is. That's what he wants to do, right? That's why he's here. That's why he invited Jesus to his house. And he, this woman comes in, and this woman begins to touch his feet and and, and wash his feet. She, think about this. It's like she actually puts her hair down in order to do this And in front of all these people. No one else is doing it. She's just doing it. She seems to just, just go right for it and do it. Um, and this woman, this sinful woman, it's touching. And, and, and the Pharisee sees that, and he goes, that's a sign. That's, that's a sign. That's a symbol of who Jesus is. And he says, because he, he, he says this, right? He says, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. Right? So he says, okay, we thought maybe this guy was a prophet. We thought maybe this guy was a man of God of some kind. This is proof to me that he's not. Because if he was, if he was a man of God, if he was a prophet, he would know, he would have the sight to see that this woman is a sinner, and clearly he would never let a sinner touch him. Right? Clearly he would not do that. And so, so he's like, Jesus does not have this sight. Now, something he doesn't say here that I think is what he's saying about, really what he's saying is, Jesus doesn't have the sight that he has. <laughs> right? Jesus isn't seeing it the way he is. just something to kind of think about there. Um, and then Jesus says something very, very cool. Um, I think very encouraging, very helpful. Um, and also very ironic, because uh, while this guy is thinking Jesus is not a prophet, Jesus reads his mind <laughs> and says, and, and knows exactly what he's saying and says, Simon, I have something to say to you. So while this man is thinking that Jesus is not a prophet, Jesus, ironically, is reading his mind and uh, and, and he doesn't, he's, not, he's not rude, he's not mean. He, he, in fact, I want you to look at this. I think, I think he's being very personal. I think he's a very personal message because I think Jesus, just like the Pharisee wants to know who Jesus is, I think Jesus wants this Pharisee to know who Jesus is. Jesus wants this Pharisee to know who he is. And so that's why he says, I have something to say to you. I want, I want you to see this clearly. I know you think I don't see this clearly, but I, w- I, w- I want you to see this clearly. And again, I think Luke wrote this, right? He, he wrote this after it all happened and he wrote it so that the writers can see this clearly too, uh, The the readers of this can see it clearly true. And so I think Jesus has something to say to us today um, with, this, with this passage. And I think we, like Simon, should, should, should answer like Simon. Simon says this, right? He says, he says say it, teacher. Now, again, just to, just to point out, like the, the, Simon is being very respectful at this point. teacher, is a a very, that word there is a very honorable term. He's recognizing Jesus' wisdom and say it, teacher. And I I pray as we go forward that we're saying the same thing. Say it, teacher. Teach us. Show us what it is. And so Jesus begins to teach. And like many cases, he teaches using a parable. And this parable uh, is very short. It's not very long at all. Um, And it has three people in it. Notice also this real life story that's happening right in front of us, also has three people in it. This is a way Jesus commonly taught. We see this a lot. We see this in Luke 15, the parable of the prodigal son, right? Um, Jesus is a room full of sinners, Pharisees, and himself. And he tells the story of a lost son, an older son, who um, judges the younger son, and then a good father, right? And here we have a similar form of teaching where he has three people. He has a money, a money lender, a debtor who owes, we'll say a little, and a debtor who owes a lot. A debtor who owes a lot. And uh, we will see as we go that that is a picture of that very room, right? The money lender being Christ himself. Um, the, le- the one who owes less being the Pharisee, Simon. Again, Jesus, uh, we now have his name. His name is Simon. And the third the one who is forgiven much being this sinful woman. So let's, let's, let's look at this, at this parable, verse 41. A certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Now just to help give a little bit of picture, I, I don't think we need to dive too much into this. Um, it's pretty clear here that, that uh, we've got two, two debtors, and one owes 10 times as much as the other, right? That's, that's a significant amount. To give an idea, a denarii at that time was what a, a day laborer got for a day's wage. So you got fi- you know 50 days versus 500 days, right? So let's say it's maybe like 5,000 versus 50,000, right? Um, so both decently significant, but one way more significant than the other. Um, the other thing that's I think really important to notice is that neither could pay it off. That's huge, right? That's important. Neither could pay it off. Yes, one's smaller and one's larger, but neither could pay it off, right? That's, 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 what, that's what he said. When they could not pay, when they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both, right? He canceled the debt of both. And um, I don't think, you know, I think the reason Jesus tells a story is because when we hear something like that, we have a clear understanding, right? He wants Simon to have a clear understanding. I think we have a clear understanding of, wow, that's pretty amazing. That's something that uh, would really change your life. If you had this debt of either and you could never pay it off, but someone just canceled it, that's, that's a life-changing thing. Um, very, very life-changing, right? And so it's a good story. It's a helpful story to understand a concept and so Jesus asked Simon a question. He says, Now which of them, which of the debtors, will love him more? And Simon, like us, like you here, pretty clearly knew the answer. Um, sometimes we like to dig into why he said the word, I suppose. I don't know why he wrote, I suppose. I wouldn't worry too much about that. Um, Could be because my guess would be because Jesus asks tricky questions all the time, and so you say that just to kind of set you up, just in case. Um, but uh, anyway, um, he says, The one for whom he canceled the larger debt, right? And that's that seems to be the accurate answer, that seems to be um, the right answer, uh, because to be forgiven the fifty thousand dollars. Someone, You'd be extremely thankful for that, right? Something you could not pay off. Because imagine, again, we, I think we can imagine the weight of such debt, right? The weight of such debt and what it takes. And so that's what he says. That's, that's what. And then Jesus says something. He says, you have judged rightly. You have judged rightly. And a reason I think that's, that's significant is because uh, a situation very similar to that just happened in this man's own life, and he judged it incorrectly. And the reason he judged it incorrectly is because there's something he is missing. There's something he is not seeing. There's something that he is that he is that he is that's not clicking in his head, um, or in his heart, or in his mind. And Jesus, um, thankfully, doesn't just stop here and say, "Yep, you're right. Cool. Figure this out yourself." He goes on, and he really wants this guy to understand. And so, so yes. Simon, you are right. You were able to judge this story correctly, but because you are incorrect on your original judgment on this woman and of me, I want you to see the things the way I see it. I want you to have the vision to see the way I see this situation. And so that's what he does. And he does something very wonderful. It says he turns to the woman, he turns to her and he looks at her and he says, Simon, do you see this woman? Do you see this woman? And of course, Simon would say, of course I see this woman. I think I see her better than you do because you're letting her touch you. If you really saw her, you wouldn't let her touch you. So yes, I see this woman. But you say, no, do, do you see her? Do you see this woman? Because let me tell you what I see. And, and, he, and he says um, what he sees in comparison to the things that, to, to, to Simon himself, right? To compare these things because Simon is making this judgment of well, this woman should not be touching him um, and doing the things she 's doing, and, and so to bring it home and to really hit it to this guy 's heart, Jesus says, "Well, let, let, me, let me show you what I see and, and in comparison to you, and he, and he talks about three things that she did, the that she did, in comparison to what Simon did not do. in verse 44, "I entered your house, you gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet." There's that wood again, wet it's that downpouring rain, my feet with her tears, and wiped them with her hair. Alright, so she so he's saying, Look, when I came in, you didn't even give me water to wash my feet. Let alone he's not saying you didn't wash my feet, he's saying, You didn't even give me water to wash my feet. You didn't even do that. You 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 called me in to, to come to this meal to, to do this, and you didn't even you didn't even do that. Yet this woman has come in in front of everybody. She's washed with her own tears. This is very intimate with her own tears and her own hair. She has washed my feet. And then he says, when you you gave me no kiss, right, which would have been a common cultural, like a kiss on the cheek to welcome um, somebody into their house would have been common. Again, something I do want to point out is this guy not doing these things, I think it'd be strong to say this guy was rude that he didn't do these things. But these are things that he definitely could have done for an honorable guest or to honor a guest. And I think that's, that's important to see. But um, he says, you gave me no kiss. You didn't give me a kiss on the cheek. You didn't, you didn't welcome me in that way. But from this time, from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You didn't even give me a welcoming kiss. She won't stop kissing my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, which again would have been a way he could have uh, honored a guest was by taking oil and, and anointing it and putting it on his, on his head and anointing him. He said, you didn't, you didn't anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet, my feet, not just with oil, but with her own ointment, a, a fragrant ointment that she had. That is what I see. That's what I see. I see this woman giving in this way. I see this woman loving in this way. And then Jesus says, "What does that mean? What do these actions mean? What do these actions tell him about this woman?" He says, "Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, her sins which are many are forgiven." Says that's what this tells me. Me seeing her do these things tells me that she is a person forgiven of her sins, for she loved much. This love that she is giving shows shows that she is forgiven. Now, sometimes we get lost in the direction in the way she says that. He says, "Um, "Her sins are forgiven, for she loved much." Right. And so what he's saying, it's very similar to if I said, I said, uh, hey, it's raining, it's, raining out, it's raining outside because there's water on, there's water on the window, right? Um, I could say that and it would make sense and you guys know exactly what I said, but what, what that does not mean, that does not mean it's raining outside, the, the, the rain is coming down because the window is wet, right? It's saying that the window is wet because the rain is coming down. That's what he is saying. And it's very clear in what he says next when he makes a contrast. He says, but he... Who is forgiven little loves little. Now remember, he is he, in this parable that he told. He is talking to these people, and so when he is saying, when he is saying, those who were forgiven much love much. He is talking to her, and when he says he who is forgiven loves little, he is talking to Simon. And he was saying that the little amount of love that you've shown me since I've come here shows me that you do not have forgiveness. Now, I don't, I don't want you to be too thrown off. Um, or, 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 or that you don't understand the forgiveness that you have. Because I don't want you to be thrown off by this concept of, of little forgiveness. Like, let's say this, 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 this little sinner, right? This You've been forgiven little. This person who has, has sinned little, right? I think mean, we, we know, we see from Scripture that all have sinned. And, all, um, and that sin, um, this, the weight of sin is death, right? And so um, all who have sinned are... Uh, are doomed, right? So that's, 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 that's the truth of it all. Um, the wages of sin is death. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus is speaking to this man. He's speaking into this man's understanding, right? In this man's vision, she sinned a lot. He sinned a little. And so he's, so he's, saying, so he's saying, okay, if you wanna take that stance as someone who's sinned little, what I'm telling you, you still don't get it because you're loving me little. You're missing something. There's something missing here because you're loving me little. Whatever the amount of, of, of sin may be, you are loving me little. And of course, the reason he's loving, her, he's loving him little is because there's something he doesn't see, right? We, we go back and, and remember the whole reason this whole dinner is happening, the whole reason Jesus is here is because Simon wants to know who Jesus is. He wants to see his identity, and because of a misunderstanding of his identity, he made this judgment, right? Well, Jesus is not going to wait any longer. Um, Jesus is going to say something that is going to very clearly say who he is, or at least who he thinks he is, and oh, I say who he is, and that's in verse 48 what he says to this woman. He says, "'And he said to her, "'Your sins are forgiven.'" I don't know what you guys know about prophets, but prophets don't say things like that. Prophets say things like, God said this, this is the word of the Lord. A prophet does not have the power to say, forgiveness, your sins are forgiven. There's only one who can say, your sins are forgiven, and it's not a prophet and it's not a good teacher. It is God Himself. It is the Alpha, it is the Omega. It is who Jesus is here who presents himself to be. The beginning, the end, the good counselor, the prince of peace, the Messiah, the Christ. That is who can say those things. And that is who is saying those things here. And 49 helps show us, helps show us that we know that the people saw it that way because their response to him, they said, then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this? Who is this who forgives sins? Right? So the question, the question moves from, from, is this man a prophet? Or why is he letting this woman touch him? Or why, you know, or, or why does he not see this woman as sin? The question moves from those to, who is this guy that he can forgive sins? Who is this man that he can forgive Sins. And Jesus is there to let them know who he is, which I don't know if you guys have ever thought about this, but that is the kindest thing you could ever tell somebody is who Jesus is, who Jesus really is. Is the most generous, kindest, loving thing you can ever tell anyone. And that's what Jesus is trying to do in the situation. That's what Luke is trying to do by writing it and, 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 and us hearing it today. And this is what I want you to know as I preach this is that Jesus is one who says he forgives you and actually does it. And actually does it. Actually can do it. Actually can say it and can mean it. And he closes here with 50 by saying one more thing. He says a word that has not yet been said. And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. See, he's making another connection here. He's saying, okay, this woman, she has shown this great love, and she has shown this great love because she knows she is forgiven. And how is she forgiven? She's forgiven because I can do it, I have the power to do it. And how did she respond to my power, By my, to my ability? She trusted me, she had faith in Christ right? That's what he's saying. There. He's, 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 pointing it, he's pointing it to the root. The root is that Christ can forgive sins, and he's the only one to forgive sins, right? They ask this question, who is this man that he can forgive sins? Who is this man who can forgive sins? That's a great question because only one person can do it, and it's Jesus. And she had faith. She trusted in him. She trusted that that's true, and that's how we attain it. That's how we attain this forgiveness from our sins, this great debt, this great unpayable debt that we have, the darkness of things we've done. It is covered by faith in Christ and his forgiveness that so we can come from him alone. Now, as we as we ponder all this, there's so much here, and I, I ask that if you get the chance, man, study this more this week, just an awesome passage. Um, but here's what I want to do. I want to look at it and I want us to see what, what, do, we, what, what do we learn from here? What, what is it that we're, that we're given? What, is the, what, is, uh, what, what can we take home from this? And I hope you've already seen a lot of it. But I want, to, I want to look at it from two ways. I want us to see what can we take from Simon and what can we take from this sinful woman? Um, so Simon here, I think, represents the person who does not see Jesus as the one forgiving God. Okay, Simon is that person. Simon is the person who sees Jesus as something else. Right? And I think this could be said about unbelievers, but I also think there can be moments in our life where we're drowned out by so many things that we forget to remember the forgiving power of Jesus. Right, And so if you are in Simon's place, um, there's a tendency of a lot of things. One thing that is likely to happen is you will have a very arrogant view of yourself. Um, because you will forget that the sin that you did was not covered by your own good deeds or how great you are, but by Christ himself. Also, if you are like Simon, you will probably begin to judge other people um, by the things that they do, and you'll question their closeness to Christ um, by, by their past or by the things they've done or, or whatever it may be. Um, and you'll question, you'll say, no, you, you, can't, you can't go to Jesus that way. You've got to do some other things first before you can go to Jesus. You may begin to say things like that. Um, Some other things uh, you you, you will probably run into is you'll probably have a really hard time worshiping Jesus um, because you're missing out on one of his key truths of who he is, and that's the forgiver of your sins, the forgiver of sins. And if you don't see that... uh, you won't find yourself weeping with joy at the feet of Jesus. You'll probably find yourself um, wondering why you're worshiping at all. Kind of like Simon, I think. Uh, The final thing, if you are like Simon, if, if if you do not see the forgiving power of Jesus, the final thing that'll be in your life is you will have really, really missed out you will have missed out, I'd even hate to even call it a deal, but you will have missed out on the greatest offer in human history that is right before you, even right now. The forgiveness of your sins, the forgiveness of your sins, the darkness, the things you've done, every little thing that you've done against God, against others, forgiven in Christ. Canceled, taken away like the debt in that parable, canceled and taken away you will miss those things. You'll miss out on that great deal. Now I wanna move on to the woman because I think the woman shows us something. The woman shows us even more specifically in life what you miss out on, right? By, by the actions of this woman, okay? So here's what we learn about this woman who is someone who lives in the forgiveness of Jesus. She lives in it. It is, it is, it is core and central to her being that Jesus has forgiven her her sins, right? And one thing is humility. You will find yourself to be very humble because it's hard to look down on people when you see what great debt has been canceled in your life, right? And along with that, I think you'll find yourself very difficult to judge other people, but will find it much easier to show grace and love to them because you see and you remember the grace and love that has been shown to you. The other thing I think that you will find is that you will have a fearless love for Jesus. A fearless love for Jesus that will show itself in worship, in finding yourself kneeling and crying at the feet of Jesus with the great joy and remembrance of who he is. It will find you doing things that people may judge you for, but you don't care. Like this woman who walks in there, puts her hair down, cries at this man's feet, just bawls, just weeps at his feet. Doesn't care. Does not care what everyone else thinks. He is the one who forgave me my sins. He is the one worth all this praise. I think also you will find yourself taking risks in the name of Christ, knowing that your forgiveness has rooted you in him through faith, through his work on the cross. And because of that, you can serve him openly and freely. What great freedom you will find that you have if your heart is focused on the forgiveness you have in Christ. And the final thing, and this is what Jesus says, his final words to this woman is, your faith has saved you, go in peace peace. A woman, a person who lives in such sin, to hear that word now, by your faith, by the forgiveness in Christ, you can live in peace. And not a peace that's based on your situations and the things that happen day to day in this life, but a peace based on your ultimate situation and that you are no longer condemned in your sin, but you are now in Christ and with Christ, and you can live a life of peace. So my calling to myself, my calling to you, Jesus' calling to you here is to see who Jesus is, that he is the forgiver of sins. All of your sins, all of it. Your sin you cannot pay. You cannot pay it yourself. Trust in him and believe in it. And, it may, and maybe this is the first time you've ever done that. Maybe the first time you've ever heard this, or maybe you're saying, no, now is the day. I'm trusting, I'm believing. I'm tired of trying to work it out myself. I know I must believe in Jesus. I pray and ask that you believe and you, tr- and, and you trust. But I also call upon you to make that, if you're a believer, whether you're a new believer or you've been a believer for decades, that you make it your goal, your work, your mindset, to remember daily, minute by minute, moment by moment, that you are forgiven your sins. Your sins that are many, many. And the more sins you see you've been forgiven, the greater your love is gonna be. The greater your love is gonna be. Let me pray. Father God, wow. Your forgiveness is great and is strong. I pray that no one here misses out on it. I pray that no one here misses out on the opportunity to trust in you, to have faith in you, Lord. May we believe, Lord. Show us your forgiveness. Show us that we may be a people who love, that that forgiveness we have comes out as love, amazing, great, powerful worship for you, Lord, and also love for those who are lost and those in our communities and those in our lives, Father, Father, May that lead us to, that. Lord, show us the great sin that you can and have forgiveness of, Father. We pray for that, we ask for that in your name, amen.